In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Today in the epistle, uh, we see the exhortation of St. Paul that we need to serve God and each other with our gifts, the things that God has given to us, our talents. What has God given to us? We use those in the kingdom. There are gifts that God has given to us that we might be a benefit to each other, that we would be linked together and that we would be able to serve and act as a community with all those gifts working together. In the gospel text, we see that the sins of the paralytic are forgiven. And many times in these circumstances, the Lord would say at the end of that uh, exchange or that healing, go and sin no more. Change your life. Your life should be changed. God just did a miracle in your life. He forgave your sins. He healed you of this disease. We just don't continue life again. Life isn't to just step back into it and, and, and let it be there kind of in a normal way when these kind of encounters happen to us. So how do we then, as Christian people, engage this life? This life that uh, the one forgiven of their sins and healed, the encouragement of God to, for us to be uh, working together in love? How do we do this? At our conference, uh, the monk Maximus said, the way that we gain the Christian life is that the kingdom of God is our priority. It's what we get up, we think about that. The kingdom of God is our priority. It's what draws us, and what, it's, it's what encourages us, and what brings us here, it, it, what, it what brings us to prayer, it what brings us to help each other, it what, it, it's what brings us to manifest our gifts. The kingdom of God is present. God has come. God is here. Not just here, but here in you. It has to become, for each of us, a priority. You know the way it normally happens to us, sadly, is God just shakes our tree. He sends some disaster, some problem, and we have nowhere to turn but to God and his kingdom. You know, that's a great story. I remember that I, somebody was telling me, uh, one of the priests was telling me that uh, a lady came to her and said, well, I went to the doctors, I went to the nurses, I went to all the people to get my, sense, my, uh, my, my, my infirmity healed, and Father, nothing has happened. And he said, well, have you tried to pray? He says, oh, don't tell me it's come to that. We have to be woken up sometimes. Maybe today is that wake-up day for, for some of us. The kingdom of God is a priority. It's number one. And it's, it's, it's way above everything else. It's one and everything else is very secondary to it. It's, it's what should motivate us. We have been brought into the kingdom as children of our living God and have been given grace to live this holy life and so it needs to be lifted up as our priority. Number one, 
It is, in fact, why we're an Orthodox community. Because the kingdom of God was a priority here. Back in the early 70s, it, was, this was, it motivated us. We had people moving from all over the place. We had people that were very well-to-do move from Atlanta, Georgia, moved into a duplex with another family. And we lived above them. The Blessed Shannon family. You remember that, Gail? We had, and Judson was a little kid that time, and I think he screamed for two months. <laughs> Why? Why did we endure that? Because the kingdom of God was our priority. Number one, nothing was, nothing was second to it. We need to return to that. We need to grab onto that. God is with us. We need to really hold that very deeply and dearly to our, to our hearts. Not only is with us, but he's coming. You know, the last verse, second to last verse in the Bible. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Come. Come. To fulfill his kingdom. To manifest the fullness of his kingdom to us. We live just in part in that. We just have a foretaste of it now. But when he comes again, it will be established in its fullness. And so we beg God, we pray to God from the very beginning. Every Christian person who's had, has had that prayer, come Lord Jesus, end the madness. End the madness. Look, look, look out there. Crazy, the crazy world, it's always been that way. It was that way in the beginning, and, it, and it's that way now. So we need to, we pray this sense of God coming to us, coming again for us. So, how do we work this out for our sakes? The goal of our life then, if we are members of the Holy Kingdom, is to be, try to become saints. Let's put it this way, to act saintly. As I say, to become saints, everybody goes, oh, I can't do that, Father. That's out of my league. Go ahead and preach to somebody else. But you can become saintly, okay? You can become, you can't be sinless, but you can become sinless. You can sin less, right? Right? You can do that. So the goal here is that we make this 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 effort in the kingdom to be holy people. And we understand that it is against a tide, against the tide in the world. You know, that we see that in this age that the kingdom of the, we're not, this is not the kingdom of, the, of God out there. It's the kingdom of the world. And we're in this kingdom to affect that kingdom that one day it would be fulfilled in the coming of Christ that he would make it all, this kingdom would be fulfilled. So for us, how do we do this? How do we understand this, this in this age? Because there's, things are becoming quite black and white. Quite black and white out there for us. And what we thought was white is black. And what we thought was black is white. And this is no surprise. In fact, the Lord even says something. We just sang it. I was really taken by it this time. I, well, am I taken by it every time? But 
So we're, we're in this world. And the Lord says, Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. We get this. This is, our life is a life of persecution. This is going to happen to us. Blessed are, are you when men revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And you know the next line? Rejoice! What? Be afraid. Run to the hills. Oh, but this is a crazy life we're living in. No, he says, rejoice and be glad. No, be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in the kingdom. Wow. Wow. We should never be taken back by the stuff the world throws at us. The Lord says, rejoice in this. Rejoice in this. What a beautiful life we have. You know, St. John Chrysostom, in one of his commentaries in, in, uh, on the book of Romans, calls this faith against which nothing can be done. Nothing. You have it. You have the kingdom. You have the Lord. You have the Father and the Spirit and the saints against which nothing can be done. We need to stand firm in what God has given to us. So I want to just make two quick encouragements to you in regard to how to live this holy life. One is for each of us not to blame other people. No blame. No blame. That's really a tenet of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous. Start blaming people, you're going to start drinking. Okay? Doing drugs. That's going to happen. Okay? So no blame. Why? Because it gives you freedom from resentments. It gives you freedom from anger, freedom from anxieties. You don't blame anybody. There's no blame. If, if there's any blame at all, it should be measured to you. You don't want to live in relationship to the behavior of other people. says, don't do that. Don't do that. It's not a healthy way to live. It's not healthy, period, but it's not a godly way to live. The best way for us to do that is we accept the blame. We accept the blame. Even if somebody's guilty of mistreating me, 99% something of me started that mess. Maybe a little arrogance, a little pride, something. Blame yourself. Hold on to a little bit of that. Forgive. Let it go. Let it go. Don't let your life be in the function of other people's behaviors and thoughts. It shouldn't be there. So no blaming. We pull that away. We, we live in forgiveness. We live in not judgment. This is so important to us as Christian people to live as members of the kingdom of God. And then finally, to endure all things. How do we endure this? How do we live this holy life? It is, I think, and, and uh, the, uh, the epistle shared it a bit, just do what's good in front of you. The good thought, the good word, the good deed, it's in front of you. 
You know, every day when you step out of bed, God rolls out a red carpet of good deeds. And guess what he asks you to do? Just walk in it. Just do it. To have that good thought, to say that good word, to do that good deed. What an easy life. What an easy life. Every day, the good deed, the good way. God lays it out for our salvation, for our good, and for the good of those people around us. And he even gives us a bonus. When we step off the line, guess what we get to do? Huh? Repent and step back, right? We can repent. God, forgive me. I didn't do it. I saw the good deed and I didn't do it. I, I saw that bad word sitting there and I knew I shouldn't have said it and I said it. Forgive me. And then what do we do? Step back onto the carpet and do the next good thing in front of us. What a great life we have. We rejoice in, in whatever this world is going to throw at us because we're members of the kingdom of God. We're in this world, but we're not of this world. And we can live a life not in function of other people's behavior, but as holy people that forgive and not judge others, and that lift each other up. And we can also be, as I encourage you, to do that which is good before us. Very beautiful and simple life that God has given to us. May we be holy members of his kingdom, an example to each other, to our children, and to our community. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.